We're going to get to the scripture in just a moment. We're going to do a combination of reading it and singing it today. But to begin with, I have a quote for you. And I'm wondering if you might be able to tell me who said this. Okay, you ready? The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Buddy the Elf. Right, you knew it. You got it. Awesome. Yes, what a great Christmas movie. Buddy the Elf is always excited about Christmas, always happy. Remember, what's his favorite thing? Smiling. Smiling is his favorite thing, yes. So to spread Christmas cheer, we sing loud. We sing loud. And so today is all about singing. It's about singing, about the story that is told through song. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and like Pastor Jeff said, we've walked through three of our Gospels already. Today we go through Luke, the fourth and the last Gospel. And Luke uh, tells things in a very unique way. He seems to put the birth story of Jesus to song right from the very start, right from the very start. Luke has his own, if you will, Advent playlist, a playlist, or maybe you might call it a mixtape. Anybody heard of a mixtape before? Like some of you are probably too young to even know what that is, but I bet some of you know what it is. I remember spending lots of time uh, putting tapes together of favorite songs, favorite songs for other people, making tapes that would be for a certain kind of gathering, a certain kind of gathering, um, maybe driving or a party, things like that. Each collection of songs would set the tone for whatever we found ourselves doing. Music is a very powerful and it's a special gift. I really think that the, the spark and the connection we have with music is part of being made in the image of God, that we have this connection that we can't really explain. Um, turn on some music and a certain song will take you right back, right? Right back to a specific time, a specific place. You might even remember some smells that are happening at that time, what the outside felt like. That's what music does to us. It stirs up emotions. It stirs up memories. Our brain translates music many times into feelings. And you know what? Not only does it do that, but it is a proven scientific fact that our brain translates music that way. It triggers activity in our brain that's responsible for things like hunger or rage or involuntary responses like goosebumps or blushing. Do you have a song that triggers a response in you like that? Can you think of one? Right? Have you ever found yourself with goosebumps or maybe crying tears because of what a song did for you? I have. Sometimes we experience this great joy. Other times it is with deep deep lament or sadness, but it's always a time of pure awe. Something we can't explain happens to us, and the range is as wide as there are emotions. Well, whether you are a singer or not, and this is kind of what I was talking with the children about, I would guess that music has a place in your life. From when you need some motivation to make a workout playlist, maybe, 
or songs at sporting events that get us pumped up to go out and be part of a team, long drives, music at weddings, certain kind of music, music at funerals, singing happy birthday, marking milestones, and of course, here, here at church, worship and praise. There is nothing quite like Christmas Eve singing Silent Night by Candlelight, right? It does something to us. Stories, words set to music help us make sense of things, kind of sort it out. Uh, think of a Broadway musical, maybe, you know, where something happens to someone and then they kind of step out of the story and have this song where they figure out what's going on. They share their feelings and they try to work out, well, what to do next? So today, I want you to think of Luke's birth story as an ancient Broadway musical, all right? Hang in there. Every major character in Luke's Christmas story breaks out into a song. Did you know that? They do, every single one of them. So I invite you to take out the pew Bibles, the red pew Bibles today, and I want you to turn to Luke. Remember, we got Matthew, Mark, Luke. So go to the New Testament and go to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to kind of have you follow along as I read some parts, and we might have some singing involved too. And I want you to listen specifically for Luke's songs of hope. So Jesus is born to Mary and Joseph. Yes, we know that. But the birth story actually begins with a different couple, an older couple, a couple who has lost hope. Lost hope in the idea of someday having children. They were righteous people. You can see that right there in your Bible. It says that they are righteous, right? Zechariah is a priest. He works in the temple. But Elizabeth, his wife, she still could feel disgrace upon her because she's barren. She's not been able to bear children. So these two have lost hope. Well, one day while at the temple, the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah but when Zechariah saw him, he was, he was filled with fear. He was overwhelmed. He was so afraid. But the angel spoke these words of hope and promise to Zechariah. Follow with me from verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, Zechariah was quite amazed at this news. How in the world could he and Elizabeth have a son at their age? We don't know how old they are, but it does say that they're getting on in years. So they're older. 
past childbearing age. It was incredible news. It was impossible news. And so Zechariah questions the angel Gabriel and says, how could this be? And the angel then tells Zechariah that because he didn't believe him, Zechariah will become mute. He will not be able to speak until the baby is born. It's a long time, maybe six months. Zechariah was skeptical about this good news. Hope was long gone before Zechariah and Elizabeth, when Gabriel showed up. It was long gone. But what are your feelings about Christmas? Are you hope-filled? Or does the idea of peace on earth, goodwill towards each other, seem like a far away impossibility? Maybe like Zechariah, we stand wondering if this could really be true. God's love being born into this world in a stable, maybe we have some doubts too. Well, and so as Zechariah and Elizabeth await the birth of their son John, the angel Gabriel makes another visit. And this time, Gabriel visits the young Mary. If you turn to verse 26, you can hear these words. And so with this incredible news, the angel Gabriel tells Mary as well to go see her relative Elizabeth. Gabriel says to Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Hope is coming. Hope is growing. Hope has filled your emptiness. So let's read from verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken by my Lord. And so with all of this that has happened, so much that has happened, as if in an ancient Broadway musical, 
Mary steps out for a moment to ponder all of these things and begins to sing. Zechariah and Mary both received this incredible news. One of them old, one of them young. One of them a man, one of them a young woman. But they both are very afraid. And yet, they're filled with hope. God is working through them, doing something new, something unexpected, something impossible. Next, we hear about the birth of Zechariah and Elizabeth's son, which will be and become John the Baptist. If you look at verse 57, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. God's promise to Zechariah had been fulfilled. And when it came to name their son, Zechariah, still unable to speak, asked for a tablet where he wrote the name John, which is what the angel had told him. And immediately Zechariah's mouth was opened and his speech was restored. Now do you think there is a lesson to be learned from this man who was at first much too distracted by his present reality, his present life, his present challenges, he was distracted by them. Is there something to learn that, that we could believe in something that would ultimately change our lives? Could we also be distracted by this season to really believe that the birth of a little baby could change the world? God's promise of hope is here. After all that had happened, again, Zechariah, with his speech restored now, is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he sings his own song of praise. He sings of what the birth of John and ultimately the birth of Jesus will mean to all the world. And in verse 76, he picks up in his song of praise, 
And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. It is a song of hope. The light was coming. The birth of Jesus was happening. Will we receive this news with open hearts or skeptical ears? Will you be open to the soul-stirring sounds of Christmas? Can we push aside the distractions? Can we be silent long enough to hear the cry of a small baby? Either way, God comes. Love is born. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe this is why Luke's version of the Christmas story was written like this. To provide songs for us that give hope and strengthen the soul in the midst of suffering. So today, I want you to take your blue post-it note, which has been our Advent reminders through these four weeks of Advent. And I want you to write the word hope. Maybe think of a song that brings you hope or fills you with hope. But be reminded that all things are possible with God. And let this hope fill you wherever you find yourself empty. Be filled with that hope. This Christmas story is for you. It's for you. It's for me. Jesus came for us. And friends, there is hope for everyone. Peace be with you. Christ is near. Amen.